So let's do this, a sermon without notes. What do you say? The outline's online. You can get it anytime you want. Let me just tell you the big idea and what God wants um, for us today. Man, this whole time I've been studying this passage in Luke, and the first, it's two sections, right? The first section is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, and the second section is Judas in the Garden of Gethsemane betraying, okay? So here, here's what God put in my heart for us. Prayer about everything prepares us for anything. Prayer about everything prepares us for anything. So I'm going to, can I just be a little nerdy for a second? I mean, you're, I'm going to tell you these two points, and you're going to groan, and I'm going to give you the permission to groan, okay? Hey, can we bring the house lights up a little bit? Hoping. Did they come up? Good. Now, now can I come down here? Thanks. Okay. I'm asking permission. I'm going to do it. He's like, he's going to do it anyway. Um, okay, so here it is. This is a weird. How many of you have ever had the dream, or some, it's kind of like the dream where you dream that you're at school in your underwear? Anybody? I know you're thinking I'm breaking the spirit right now, but I'm not. Hang with me, okay? Hang with me. Anybody? So raise your hands. I want to see. We want to see. Be proud of that dream, right? Be proud. So maybe you didn't have the dream that you were in your underwear, but you did dream something like that. And you know that like a counselor or a psychiatrist would tell you that you had that dream because you felt like you were unprepared, right? And so th what the Lord really dropped in my heart was these two words, prayer prepares. Prayer prepares. When we pray about everything, we'll be prepared, we will be prepared for anything. So I, I want you to see quickly in these two, these two stories, Luke 22, um, I think it's 39, is that right? 39 through 53, okay? So 39 is the first, that's where the first section starts. Jesus is in the garden, and he's praying, right? So don't groan too loud, because like the Lord's here, Spirit's here, the whole deal. But here's what he dropped in my heart. Jesus is a picture of the pre-prayed life. I know it's awful, right? But hang with me, okay? I just want to make sure you, like, we, we want to be prepared, right? Not just prepared. You see what I did there? And it's, it's awesome. It's just, it's, it's kind of whatever, right? So let me tell you why I see Jesus as the picture of the prepared life. The first verse. And, and the reason why we're just doing this quick is because I'm going to call you to come pray. <laughs> you might as well get ready, right? I'm going to call you to come pray in just a minute. And we're going to end this morning at the altar. When I was reading through this, two words stood out to me in the first verse. It says that Jesus went to the Mount of Olives as usual. That's what jumped out at me. We're used to flare prayers. Do you know what flare prayers are? Right? Like when you get in trouble and you go, Jesus, help. Right? But Jesus didn't see prayer as an event. He saw prayer as a conversation. It was his lifestyle. He was and I don't have time to go through all the verses. You can look them up on the outline, okay? But if you go through the Gospels, you'll see so many times that Jesus went off by himself to pray. We, look, we try to get out of lonely places. Jesus went into lonely places to pray, right? We, we try to get out of these things. He spent all night praying before he selected his disciples. Jesus was a man of prayer. So much so, and I know some of y'all might struggle with some of this, right? Because we have two camps in church, right? Not our church, but in church in general. One camp says, never pray the if it's your will prayer. Because that's a lack of faith, brother. Well, then Jesus had lack of faith. Because he prayed that in this passage, right? So that's one camp. And then the other camp is like, we're always like, well, whatever you want, God. And that's, so it's somewhere in between there is the truth. And here's the truth. Jesus was such a man of prayer. 
He prayed about everything, so he was prepared for anything. He was such a man of prayer. He had such a passion and a relationship with his father that he had the audacity to ask the father to change the plan. I love that. How many of you had such a relationship with your dad that you would ask him anything? Anybody in here? Like, it didn't matter how outlandish it was. You're like, Dad, I want a car. He's like, no. My sister would always ask for a pony. Every Christmas, I want a pony. He was like, no. Learn to deal with disappointment, right? But she, the relationship, she would ask. I mean, listen, God wants us to be so comfortable in prayer that we will ask bold prayers. And there's not a bolder prayer, hang with me, there's not a bolder prayer than being Jesus who stepped out of heaven to come to earth knowing he was going to step to the cross. And then at the last minute said, time out, God, if there's any other way, I'm open to it. And then when God said, uh, look, I get it. That's, I know, don't, don't throw things at me. I know I'm kind of paraphrasing. That's cute, but no. You came to the cross. And Jesus is like, all right, it's not about me. It's not my will, it's your will. That's the relationship he wants us to have in prayer. And so Jesus stands up from that place, and guess what he was ready for? He was ready for what happened next. He was ready for Judas to walk into a garden and kiss him and betray him. He was ready to go back and find his disciples still sleeping on the most important night. So Jesus is the, he is the, the picture of the prepared life. And then the disciples and Judas, they're the picture of the, you know where we're going, right? Unprepared life. And here's where it gets a little tricky. What stood out to me in this section is how the disciples and Judas betrayed the power of Jesus. There's a verse in 2 Timothy, I think it's 3.5, that says that you will have a form of godliness but deny his power. So check out how they denied his power. They sleep... And, and listen, we, we know this because we've just, we're walking through this with Wendy's family. So they're sleeping as Jesus is praying, and the Bible tells us why they're sleeping. And some of you will relate to this right away. They're sleeping because it's, the Bible says that they were exhausted from sorrow. Have you ever grieved? It's tiring, isn't it? Now, I'm just going to challenge you for a second, okay? I'm going to push back just a little bit. When I'm really grieving and I'm really tired... I find myself saying to God, you understand? I mean, you know I don't, I don't feel like reading the Bible right now, God. And, and even as I'm saying that, you're thinking to yourself, well, of course God understands. He's a good God. He's a good Father. But if you read this passage, Jesus looked at men who were grieving. They were exhausted from grieving because they had been told he was going to die. And he said, get up and pray. So that you will be ready. So, yeah, he understands it. He just doesn't let that be the out for us. He's like, if ever there was a time to pray, this has got to be the time. Like, press in, get up, and let's go pray. And just by falling asleep in that moment, they're denying his power. And then they walk in, and they Judas kisses him, right? And Judas the sign of intimacy where there is none. 
Is there any worse form of betrayal? To, to act like you're connected and not be committed? This is awful. He, he acts like he's close to Jesus, but he's not. Like it's an empty, hollow kiss. And when they kiss, what did the disciples do? Oh, they got big, bad, and bold, right? They're like, I got, a, I got swords. Hey, Jesus, you want us to use our swords? And then they cut off the guy's ear. Have you ever done that? Have you ever asked somebody their opinion but done what you wanted to do anyway? Like, I've had servers, and if you're a server and you've done this, don't be offended. I've had servers in restaurants, and they walk up and they go, want some more tea? Well, I didn't, but okay, thanks, right? Like, ask the question, let me answer, then respond appropriately. And they were like, Jesus, want us to use our swords? And what does Jesus say? Enough of that. Heals the man's ear. They denied Jesus' own power by acting in their power. And why did they take, take the matter into their own hands? Anybody want to guess? Because they had been sleeping when they should have been praying. Because to them, prayer was an event, which is why if I call a prayer service at the church, five people come. Because that's an event. But you know who those five people are? People who have a lifestyle of prayer with the Father. Because prayer is not an event. It's a relationship. Judas. How did he deny the power of Jesus? Well, he'd been hanging out with Jesus for like three years. He'd seen Jesus uh, multiply bread, like raise a kid from the dead, like do amazing things, right? He knows that Jesus has power. But what did he bring with him? This huge mob, right? Like, what is Judas thinking? If I bring enough people, we can subdue Jesus. <laughs> it's like, he, even he's denying the power of Jesus because they're unprepared. So, prayer. Prayer is what ensures that we stay charged up. A lot of times in church, here's what we do. The evidence of my faith is my action. But God says the evidence of our faith is what we have, power. It's amazing the story that you told, right? So check this out. A couple months ago, I got my phone, right? It was low on charge. And so I plugged it in to this thingamajig right here. This is the longest cord you've ever seen, right? This thing is huge, right? And I plugged it in, and I walked away. And I went back like, I don't know, Three hours later, long enough that I should have a phone that was charged, and my phone was dead. And I was like, God, you got to be, what are you talking, I mean, like, I, I, but I, what? And I don't know if it's an update from Apple. We will send this to them. But apparently, sometimes now I've noticed, I've started paying attention, when I plug my phone in, it'll like say, oh, time out, unlock your phone to use this accessory. I never had to do that before. So here's what God told me. You can be connected and not be charged. Judas was connected. He walked with Jesus. He kissed Jesus, and he had no power. The disciples were around Jesus. They were connected, but they weren't charged. Man, guys, we can be around Jesus, around religious activity. We can do everything right 
And if we're not connected, if we're not checking the connection, and I think that's what prayer is. Prayer is like the checkup. Like, okay, I'm in church, and this is all awesome and all, but I need to talk to God myself. Like, I need to have a personal relationship with Jesus, and that's prayer. I need to keep checking that and make sure that while I'm in his presence, I'm also actually receiving power from him. And all I can tell you is, like, it's really hard for us on one hour on a Sunday to give you a full week's charge. Because you can actually connect your soul to him all the time. And guess how you do that? Starts with P, ends with air. What do you think it is? Somebody's like, pear? Isn't that a fruit? What are you talking about? It's prayer. It's prayer. So, okay, have you sat long enough? Oh, come on, come on. She got recharged. It's good. So prayer about everything prepares us for anything. Here's, here's what I think that means for us this morning. Um, I don't, I can't remember the whole quote. I'm reading a book called Atomic Habits. It's pretty cool. One of the things I read in there was this, that sometimes people think they don't have motivation, but they have motivation, they just don't have a plan. <coughs> I almost died right there. That was fun. <coughs> and again, it's all good. But here was the basic quote. How many times have you said, I really need to get in shape. Anybody? <laughs> it's okay. We're all in this together, right? You're motivated to get in shape. But then how many of you know like two months later you see the same infomercial and you're like, I really still need to get in shape. And you really still do need to get in shape. And you're probably even more motivated. But the reason why you don't follow through is not because you're not motivated, because you don't have a plan. So take this, take this very, very short message today. My guess is all of you right now are motivated to pray more. Am I right? You're like, I probably should be praying more. But how many of you know that if you came back next Sunday, I could do the same message and you'd be like, oh, that's right, God. Last week I said I need to pray more. I still need to pray more. And it's because we get motivated, but we don't have a plan. So I'm going to call you to something very, very practical. Okay? Here it is. If prayer about everything prepares us for anything, I bet there's something right now that you can pray about. Am I right? Oh, boy. That's terrible. I mean, I thought I was clear, right? I bet there's something you can pray about right now. There's a situation in your life right now. And so instead of saying, okay, when I get home, I'm going to pray about it. No, we're going to pray now, right now. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to bow your head. And it's not because you have to do all those things to talk to God, but sometimes it's easier to talk to God if you don't see other people. Is this right? Sometimes it's just good not to be distracted by other people. And I'm just going to ask the ladies to lead us. And listen, it may be that your plan is that right now at the altar, I'm going to pray about this specific thing. I'm going to bring this to my Father. Maybe you've never done this before. Like, what do I say to God? I don't know. What do you say to your friends when you complain? Tell God the same thing. He can actually do something about it. What do you tell your friends when you share good news? Tell God the same thing. Prayer is talking to your Father. Hey, Dad, I want a pony. I'd like another way to save the world, if at all possible. Maybe not the cross. Hey, hey, Dad, I, I want 
an anointing in worship. And he might say, buy a ticket. He might tell you that if you really want your friend to know Jesus, throw a party. I don't know what he's going to tell you, but that's what this moment is for. So, Father, we invite you into this place right now. I love what you've already done today. But, God, your heart is that we would be connected and charged. And so what I'm praying right now, Lord, is that in this moment, as we, as we spend the last few moments of this service in your presence praying, I am asking that you would do what you promised you would do and that you would, you would give power to your children that are connecting with you right now. Don't wait on me. Just go ahead and start to pray. Go ahead and start to pray. Go ahead and start to talk to your father about what that one thing is that he's put on your heart right now. Because we want to be people who pray about everything so we can be prepared for anything. But right now, that one thing, maybe it's, maybe it's something he needs to provide for you. Maybe it's a relationship that you feel like has no hope. Would you begin to talk to your father now about that? Even in your sorrow, his word is get up and pray that you will not fall into temptation. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm just going to ask them to sing over this moment. And listen, as we're singing, if you would like people to pray with you, just going to ask you as we're singing just to slip out from where you are and just come to the front and people will come right behind you. They'll put their hand on their shoulder and they'll pray with you, agree with you about what God is doing in that situation. It won't be nearly as awkward once you move. If you want prayer for, for anything with others, you just come as they sing.
place inside of me. you placed inside of me. 